Uh, with that in mind, here's our keynote verse that we have been reading and, and kind of mulling over. Let's read it together. Galatians 2.20, it says this, I, out loud together, I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Amen. So we're not living our life. You know, and I'm not being critical of certain books and titles, but, you know, uh, live your best life now. Well, our life, it's not our life. I'm dead to my life. I'm living his life, okay? Uh, and so we need the life of Christ uh, needs to be made manifest, not just to us, but through us. There's a lot of people who call themselves Christians that the world looks at and says, if that's a Christian, I think I'll just remain a sinner, are you with me? I hope that's not the case with you, okay? That people look at you and they say, there's something about this person that is different. Uh, and so that's, that's the influence of Christ. With that in mind today, we're going to talk about praying like Jesus. And I want you to turn to Luke chapter 3, and I'm going to give you a snapshot today of the prayer life of Jesus. Uh, and and uh, I wish, and, and though we don't need it per, per se, I would have liked, liked to, to have a little insight into his Jesus' early days. You know, uh, we don't ha have really much insight into his first 30 years other than his birth and a little bit about his uh, early days as a young boy, but very little. He's silent. The, the, he lives 30 years. Now, because he's the son of God, but he's also all man, he's all God, undoubtedly, uh, Jesus prayed to God, his father, as a boy, uh, because remember what he said when he, they thought he was lost and they found him in the temple and he was, he was, uh, you know, talking with the, with the, the priests and the, and they said, what, what are you doing here, Jesus? We, we, well, by the way, Joseph and Mary, they've gone, th I think, three days on a journey for somebody said, where's Jesus? Okay, so uh, I don't know what the deal was there. <laughs> Have you ever been walking through Walmart, parents? Go well, Joseph and Mary made it a couple of days out of town. <laughs> okay, and they found him, and he said, I must be about my father's business. So we know he was in communion with the father, but but his Recorded prayer life begins at the beginning of his ministry in John, uh, pardon me, Luke chapter 3. And I want you to turn there, Luke 3, 21, uh, and we know this, he's, he's being baptized. And, you know, John didn't want to baptize him. He said, I want you to baptize me. But he said, no, uh, you need to baptize me. Verse 21, and when all the people were baptized... It came to pass that Jesus also was baptized. And catch this. This is the first record of Jesus praying in Scripture, okay? And it says, and while he prayed. Everyone say, while he prayed. I could stop right there, or I could just read this. I, there's a lot I'm going to say. But it says, while he prayed, things began to happen. Let me just stop and say, while we are praying, things happen. Could I say that again? While we're praying, you, listen, there, sometimes there's a span of time between amen and there it is. 
But I'm telling you, and I can validate this for you uh, biblically, even in the Old Testament, uh, that uh, there's war in the heavens and the angel came and said, man, from the first day, who was it praying? Somebody was a theologian, Daniel? Daniel was praying. From the first day, you started praying, I have come, but I, there was a spiritual battle going on. And so I tell people this, when you're praying, things are happening. You may not see what's going on, but something's going on. Somebody say, something's going on. But while Jesus prayed, okay, the heavens were opened. I love that. And the Holy Spirit descended in bodily form like a dove upon him. And a voice came from heaven which said, you are my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. I was Googling around uh, with this thought and idea of Jesus' prayer life. And I found this uh, a, one, a pastor who had a message from this verse. And it was something like this. When, when Jesus prayed, there was a split. Heavens opened. When Jesus prayed, there was a sight. The Holy Spirit came down in bodily form like a dove. When Jesus prayed, there was a sound from heaven. This is my beloved son. And so there's a lot of angles you could take here, but I'm telling you, things happen when we begin to pray. And so we see the beginning of Jesus' prayer life right here. Heaven's open. Man, that's pretty. How many of you know uh, the Bible says when you pray, God listens? In other words, heaven is open. (coughs) Pardon me. You have an open heaven. Only thing that'll close that is sin in our life and unforgiveness. And we'll talk briefly about that. And, and, and there's a manifestation. What, what was, in fact, next week? Oh, you better be back next week because we're going to talk about, and, and we may even use this verse as kind of a kickoff, empowered like Jesus. How many of you know if you're going to live like Jesus, you've got to have the power that Jesus had? In fact, Jesus gave us power. He said, uh, hey, if you're my disciples, guess what? The works that I do shall you do also. Somebody say power. Empowered like Jesus. And let me just stop and say next week, anticipate not only a message about the power, anticipate the power of the Holy Spirit and of God coming upon you uh, uh, next Sunday morning. Amen. Empowered like Jesus. And then it says, God began to speak. Listen, when you pray, God will talk back. Amen. Are you with me? I feel good today. Amen. So with that in mind, I'm simply, and this is simple. Let me just say, uh, last week, my study habits were, 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 were rocked a little bit. I normally get up in the morning, every morning for about an hour or so and ponder and pray and think about what I'm going to say next Sunday. I had two or three days. I was in Mexico, number one, uh, and I had two or three of those days that just did not work. I mean, we were driving early a couple of days ago to Zihuatanejo. We left at 4.30 in the morning. It's kind of hard to get up earlier uh, than that. And then the next morning... Uh, we went not knowing we were going to stay overnight, so I didn't bring my Bible, I didn't bring my laptop, I didn't bring my pills. Oh, man, I was so unprepared, uh, but God was merciful. So uh, yesterday and then yesterday morning, this morning, I kind of put this together in a way I, I, that was simple for me, but I think effective for you. I'm just going to tell you how Jesus prayed. Because if he's the model we follow. Now, how many of you know he taught us to pray? He taught all about prayer. 
But he modeled prayer in his life for us to follow. He's a model to follow at the place of prayer, living like Jesus, praying like Jesus. So here we go. I'm going to give you 10 of these things. Man, if you're taking notes, you can go 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10. I'm going to give them all. Or if you're technologically savvy, after I get to number five, you can take a picture. And when I get to number 10, you can take a picture and you got it all together. Jesus prayed. The first one is this. Jesus prayed regularly. He was consistent at the place of prayer. Luke chapter 5, verse 16, and there are many other verses. He says, he often withdrew into the wilderness and prayed. It was, in fact, Luke twenty-two thirty-nine says, as was his custom. He had a habit of praying. One of my best friends, probably my best friend, uh, is Pastor Sonny Canancer, who was here a few Sundays ago. He's probably the most consistent prayer warrior I know on planet Earth. I'm sure there are others, but he has outshined me. He has outprayed me. He is not. It's not. It's, it's a competition. It's not. A, but understand, this guy is a prayer warrior. He's consistent. It doesn't matter if they're at our house. Uh, spending the night and he's out of, he, I'll find him. He'll beat me to the coffee pot and he'll beat me to the prayer spot. Uh, and I'll see him either with his ear uh, buds in, listen to worship music and praying in the spirit with the understanding also. He's connected with this reality that Jesus prayed regularly. He was consistent in his prayer life. Listen, let me tell you what will happen with an inconsistent prayer life. There will be inconsistency in every area of your life. The blessings of God will be inconsistent. The voice of God, like we talked about when Jesus prayed at his baptism, will be inconsistent. The the presence of the Spirit of God in your life will be inconsistent. Uh, All these things uh, will be inconsistent if uh, if we pray inconsistently. The manifest presence and power of God will be inconsistent in your life. So, so the disciples saw this and they, they saw how consistent he was at the place of prayer and, and one out of think out of the four began to put two and two together. They would see Jesus' prayer life of consistency. He would get up a great while before we do. Sometimes when we come home wore out, he goes out and prays all night. He, and then he gets up the next day and does it all again. And then he gets out into the middle of the world that is lost and without Christ. And the power of God is manifest in his life. And the declaration of the word of God and one of the sharper disciples uh, hmm, prayer power hmm, prayer provision uh, uh, Lord could you teach us to do that and that's where we get what, what some call the Lord's Prayer, but it's really the model prayer, Matthew 6 and other places. He said, well, sure I can. But he was modeling it for them to the point that one of the disciples said, hey, I want to do that. I need to do that. I, and, and so uh, he taught them with his lifestyle consistency at the place of prayer. Amen. Everyone say Jesus prayed regularly. Number two, Jesus prayed relationally. If you look at the prayers of Jesus, most of them began or are interjecting with Father. Everyone say Father. 
Luke twenty two forty two. Father, if if it is your will, take this cup away from me. He's he's in relationship with God the Father. And you need to understand, I need to understand that prayer is not a religious duty. It's a relationship with our Heavenly Father. And when He taught us to pray, when He answered this disciple's request, Lord, teach us to pray, He said, well, let me tell you how you start. Our Father. Not your Father, our Father. And that's Abba, Father. In fact, Paul said this, Romans 8, for I think it's Romans 8. It's just popping in. It's firing off in my brain. He said, uh, hey, let me tell you how to pray. You've received the spirit of adoption whereby you can cry out, Abba, Father. Listen, the culture we live in is daddy issues to the neck and, and above. It's daddy. There's people. Listen, about everything anybody deals with on some level, it's a daddy issue. You just mark my words on that. Uh, in fact, I heard a, a very well-known sheriff in America say, I don't think I've ever arrested anybody that had a real strong, heavy, duty, good relationship with a godly dad. Uh, and so what was he saying? Everything he sees in his jail is out of daddy issues. And Jesus came. To put us back in relationship with our Father. If you got daddy issues on the earth, listen, the Bible says all he's ever really wanted to be is a father to you. And he wants to restore and help. And so, hey, pray. we pray relationally. Our Father. That's the way Jesus did. Amen. Number three, Jesus prayed thankfully. He was thankful to God in all, all his uh, life, even though uh, there were hard times. He was thankful. In fact, Matthew 15, when he's multiplying the fish and the bread, he takes it and he gives thanks and he broke it and he gave it. He was always thankful to his father. In fact, John 11, uh, 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 when Lazarus had died, how I many remember the story? Mary and Martha, their brother Lazarus had died and they said, don't you care? He died. You missed it and he's dead. And he said, don't you know who you're talking to? I am the resurrection and the life. Bring me to him. Roll away the stone. Oh, Lord, no, we can't do that. But now he stinketh. Roll away the stone. Open it up. And then and he prayed and he said, Lord, I thank you that you always hear me, but I'm going to pray out loud here so everybody else can hear me too. Basically what he said. But he said, I thank you that you hear me. He prayed thankfully in his life. In fact, what did David say in Psalm 100? I'll enter his gates with what? Thanksgiving. And even you could, when, when we follow the model of prayer, our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thanksgiving is a, is a methodology of praise and thanks and worship and hallowing of God. And so, so we, we ought to pray with thanksgiving to God regardless of where we are in life. Jesus prayed regularly. Jesus prayed relationally. He was, he was building and maintaining a healthy relationship with, a, with God the Father. That's the way we ought to approach. It's not a religious duty to pray every day. It's a real, hey, you know what? My grand, I love my grandkids. And if I can't talk to them every day, if I can't talk to my kids every day, my wife every day, man, I'm on the phone. I'm doing all kinds of technological things to interact with them. That's the same way it ought to be with our heavenly father. And even more so for goodness sake. Thankfully. 
Number four, Jesus prayed selflessly. Now, interestingly enough, Jesus did pray for himself. There's nothing wrong with that. In fact, the John 17 passage, which some call the priestly high, the high priestly prayer, and you ought to read John 17, uh, he, he prays for himself, but then he prays for his disciples, and then he prays for you and me. He does pray for himself. But his lifestyle of prayer was basically selfless. There are times when you and I have to pray for ourselves. But listen, prayer is not all about me. Prayer is about making a difference in the earth. Amen. Luke twenty two forty two. in his darkest hour, even though he was praying, Lord, if it's possible, let this cup pass from me. He comes to the place where he realizes it's, hey, nevertheless, everybody say nevertheless, Nevertheless, not my will, but yours be done. What was he praying? He was offering himself at the place of prayer on the altar of sacrifice, realizing that the purposes of God are not just about me. It's not just about making me happy. It's not just about putting money in my bank account. It's not just about, you know, taking good care of me till Jesus comes. It's about his kingdom coming and his will being done. Remember what he taught us to pray? Our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be your name. Uh, your kingdom come, your will be done. What's he teaching us? Prayer's not about me, myself, and I. It's about his purpose and plan. I didn't even know I was going to preach today. We pray selflessly. Number five, Jesus prayed fervently. Luke twenty-two forty-four, of course, is the passage where he's in agony. He's praying even as it were great drops of blood. And he says, and being in agony, he prayed more earnestly. Most of us, our earnest prayers are in our darkest hour. And God wants us to pray that way even when it's not our darkest hour. In fact, you know what James, James caught on to this. And when James wrote the book of James, James said this, let me tell you about praying. Where did he learn this from Jesus? Let me tell you about a, a good way to pray. The effectual, fervent prayer of a righteous man and or woman availeth much. When's the last time, we'll use this word, it's a biblical word, when's the last time you or I travailed with God at the place of prayer where we prayed the fervent prayer, not the uh, uh, now I lay me down to sleep, I pray the Lord my soul to keep kind of praying. Listen, I'm telling you something. If you and I will get into the place of, of prayer and begin to fervently seek the will of God for our families, for our church, for our, for our nation, for our world, for our president or whoever, your grandbabies, whatever, you seek God fervently, you travail with God, I'm telling you, it availeth much. Amen. You can take a picture of that. Because it's, it's true. This is the way Jesus prayed. Do you think when Jesus, now I'm just, I wasn't there, I can't tell you, but I, I'm, I'm going to assume a few things. You've got to be careful when you assume, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, uh, to wax uh, uh, um, 
uh, hypothetically speaking here, that when Jesus was praying all night in the place of prayer, he was not just praying some milk toast religious uh, 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 watered down version of what somebody might call prayer. I got a feeling Jesus was travailing with God for the souls of men and women who were lost for the people who he would meet the next day along the way. He prayed fervently. Number six, Jesus prayed corporately. Now, he would steal away by himself, and there he would pray, and all of us need that. That needs to be the consistency of our life. Jesus prayed regularly. We should, too, uh, and steal away by ourselves and seek the face of God. But Jesus would also pray with his disciples. In fact, Luke 9, 28, he took Peter, John, and James and went up to the mountain to pray. It was prayer time for his friends. He prayed with his friends. Listen, if you don't have friends you can pray with and agree with, you need to get some prayer friends. I got some good friends, though. We we don't meet together a lot uh, by way of text, by way of phone call. Uh, We pray for one another and agree together with one another. In fact, this morning, some of my keynote friends and uh, we've got uh, one of our board members, a young man by the name of Stephen Sexton, is next Sunday. He's moving into a new facility and he's growing. His church is growing, and 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 uh, uh, I sent. We have a group text. I was praying for your big day next week. God's going to bless you, and uh, so we've got to have friends that we pray with. And and if you would like to build that in your own life, be here Tuesday night and learn how to pray with others. Let others model prayer for you and praying together. And listen, uh, and I don't think Jesus prayed this, oh my uh, most high and wonderful God, thou that exalt the nations and spoke the stars into space, oh thou mighty God, uh, if it beeth thou wilt. No, man, Jesus would cry out to his Father, Communing with the Father, amen? So Jesus prayed corporately, and I encourage us all to do that. Number seven, Jesus prayed persistently. And he taught persistence at the place of prayer, meaning this, that just because you prayed it once doesn't mean you don't need to pray it again. In fact, Jesus in his darkest hour, he prayed three times for the Lord to take the cup away. He was persistent with God. God didn't get on to him. In, in, in none of those instances in the gospels where it records Jesus praying in his moment of agony, did God ever say, grow up, Jesus. You already asked me this once. No, he. I think... God honored him for his persistence. In fact, he taught persistence. Luke 18, 1, uh, it says this, that he spoke a parable to them that men ought always to pray and not lose heart. Everyone say, not lose heart. Some people, when you pray, you, if, if it doesn't happen today, uh, you lose heart. Listen, I said it already. I'll say it again. Sometimes there, and most of the time, there's a span of time between amen and there it is. 
Sometimes it happens instantly. Sometimes there's a span of time between amen and there it is because God's working some things out that you don't know behind the scenes. Things are happening when you don't know they're happening. And so you've, you've got to be persistent with God. Though, though it doesn't record Jesus actually praying that when he does this miracle, you know he's in communion with the Father. You remember he prayed for a, a blind man. And he had, I think he prayed for him, or he, he, he spoke healing over him. The first time he spoke over him, he said, well, I see men as trees walk. In other words, and then Jesus hammered him again in the spirit, and he was healed. He was persistent. Everyone say persistent. Jesus taught us to pray not only consistently, but persistently. Amen. Hallelujah. Number nine. No, number eight. Jesus prayed not only persistently, but faithfully. I think my numbers, I didn't put them correct or something. Yeah, that's right. Faithfully. In other words, not that he was faithful in his prayers. He was full of faith in his prayers. He was a man of faith at the place of prayer. And he prayed full of faith. Most people, when they pray, it's out of desperation. I have to be honest. You know, I've done the same thing. It's not, not filled with faith, but desperation. Uh, in, the, in the darkest hour, we, oh, God. And, and I've said this a hundred times. Most of us are more like a prayer warrior than a prayer warrior. It's just one, one, one vow. Is it a vow? One vow difference. Uh, but uh, it has a world of difference when it comes to impact. And Jesus was full of faith. As I said in John 11, when he was looking into the tomb of Lazarus, who by this time stinketh, he said, I thank you that you always hear me. You've heard me today. You hear me. I thank you. He's full of faith. Matthew 21, the fig tree. He cursed the fig tree. And the disciples befuddled by that, but it was all an illustration. And when they came back to the illustration, he said, here's what I want you to know about this. At the place of prayer, if you'll have faith, anything is possible. So Jesus prayed faithfully. He was full of faith. And that's the way our prayer life needs to be. That, that it, nevertheless, I, I, hey, your kingdom come. I have faith in your, you, Lord Jesus, not me. I'm trusting you today at the place of prayer. Amen. Not my faithfulness at the place of prayer, but I'm trusting your faithfulness at the place of prayer. Amen. He prayed faithfully. He was full of faith. And number nine, he prayed futuristically. John 17. I love this prayer. Read it later. Prayed for himself. Prayed for his disciples that their faith would fail not and that they'd sanctified because he was about to leave them. He was praying for them. But then he prayed into the future and prayed for every disciple who would know, would know he prayed for you. He was praying for you. His faith and his prayer life reached out into eternity and began to change things before they were ever birthed, established things. Are you catching this with me? You can change the world at the place of prayer. You can't change the past, can you? Whoo, but we can change the future. 
You can change your kids' future. You can change your church's future. You can change your community's future. You can change lost humanity's future at the place of prayer. And if the truth were known, you're here today probably because someone prayed for you, maybe even before you were a twinkle in your daddy's eye. (laughs) Are you with me? Say amen. We change the future. Oh, we look at the news today. We read the politics. Sometimes, somehow, someway, we're going to have to get the spirit of Popeye on and say, I'm had all I can stand and I can't stand it. And we began to pray, not about yesterday, and not just about today, but about tomorrow, about the future. Prayer changes things. While Jesus prayed at his baptism, heavens were opened. Power was given. God's word was spoken. And then number 10, I left this one for last because Jesus put a big exclamation point Jesus prayed forgivingly. He was always forgiving at the place of prayer. In fact, one of his last recorded prayers, he prayed all the way through his life and then through his recorded ministry from Luke 3 all the way to Luke 23 at the cross. Father, Forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. That's the heart of Jesus at the place of prayer. We pray with a forgiving heart. In fact, when Jesus taught his disciples said, oh, Lord, teach us to pray. Matthew 6, he went through the model prayer. He gets to, for yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. In the prayer, he said, let me tell you how you ought to pray. You ought to pray this way. You ought, you, you, if you're going to pray like me, if you're going to pray effectively, you've got to say, forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. Your prayer life has to be that of forgiveness and not holding a grudge. And then he goes on, for yours is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever. Amen. And then after he says that, then he says, let me just tell you about all of that. 
all of that methodology of prayer, all those ways, and, 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 and let me for you to say, uh, after all that praying regularly, relationally, thankfully, selflessly, fervently, corporately, persistently, full of faith and futuristically, if you don't pray forgivingly, none of that mattered. Because he said this, for if you forgive men their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive men their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive your trespasses. In other words, hey, if you think you're spiritual, but you're caring about a grudge, you've got an unforgiveness in your heart about somebody, and you sing even in your innermost being, somebody done me wrong song, your prayers, the Bible says, are hindered. And hey, there's no open heaven. Praying like Jesus prayed. And you know what? Jesus went to heaven, but you know what he's doing right now? He's still praying. He made it to heaven and he's still praying. Well, yes, he's still praying. Well, I thought he's right at the hand of the throne of God. Yeah, he's in communion with the Father. That's praying. And look what Hebrews says, Hebrews 7, 25. Since he always lives, he ever liveth, King James, to make intercession for them, for us, for those who were lost. He's still in heaven. He's praying right now for people who are lost. He's praying for your friends and family who are lost. He's praying for those that you interact with at work that are lost. He's praying that you will bring them to church next Sunday. He's praying that you will speak the word of the Lord to them Sunday. Because he knows the word of God is living and active and sharper than any two-edged sword. He's praying that you and I invite them to Easter Sunday service. He's still praying. Amen. You want to live like Jesus? You and I have to learn to pray like Jesus. Amen. He's still praying. If you forget all those 10 things, just remember John 3 when he was praying at his baptism. Heaven's opened. Heaven opens when you pray. Call unto me and I'll answer you, show you great mighty things that you know not. Power is given. Power is released through the prayers of the saints. The word of God is made manifest. He speaks back to us when we pray. Amen. Hallelujah. Father, we thank you for the model to follow. We know prayer is not optional. It's not a legalism. But we know it's not optional if we're going to live like Jesus. We can't fake it. And today as we looked at a snapshot of your prayer life, may your prayer life move us, motivate us, To where we 
realize the power of prayer and the power of right relationship with God at the place of prayer. Lord, teach us to pray. Teach us to follow in your footsteps and live like you, pray like you. And be consistent and persistent, full of faith, with thanksgiving, selfless praying, futuristic prayers of faith over our family and friends. And Lord, if there's anything in our heart, any offense, any unforgiveness, forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those. Lord, we choose to forgive. Someone here is holding an unforgiveness in your heart towards someone else, a hurt. You can't fix the past, but you can sure transform the future by being forgiving. Lord, we forgive them. And we know because of that, you'll forgive us. Teach us to pray, Lord. Come on, pray those. Pray that prayer. Come on, just to, to yourself out loud, Lord, teach me to pray. Teach me to follow you at the place of prayer. Teach me to pray like you pray. Help me to be consistent and persistent at the place of prayer. With thanksgiving in my heart, I give you glory. I bless your name, Jesus. Our Father, we cry out, Abba, Father. Abba, Father. Heal us of our daddy issues. Help us, Lord, to process through the past and look forward into our future. In Jesus' name. Hallowed be your name. Come on, hallowed be your name, Jesus. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. We bless your name. We thank you today, Lord. We praise. Let your kingdom come. It's not about us. It's your kingdom. Let your kingdom come. Your will be Somebody here has been afraid to pray that. Listen, it's the safest thing you can ever pray. It's the most productive thing you could ever pray. It's the most empowering thing you could ever pray. Lord, just as Jesus, not my will, your will be done. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth, in our life, in our families, in our finances, and in our future. Your kingdom come, your will be done. And Father, we pray you'd give us this day our daily bread. We ask you to provide us, give us seed for sowing. 
Not just money to pay bills, but money to sow into the ground and to give to those who are in need to make a difference in the world. For you said you would give us seed. You would give as we give. Give us this day our daily bread. Forgive us our trespasses, God. As we forgive those who trespass against us, lead us not into temptation, but God, today, uh, deliver us from evil. Lord, we stand against evil, not only in the world, but in our hearts, and we ask you to cleanse our hearts, and Lord, guard our hearts, and guard our families, guard our churches, guard our missionaries, Lord, and our friends from the influence of the devil. We bind the devil, take authority over him. In every area of our lives, in our minds, in our families. He comes to steal, kill, and destroy, but you've come that we might have life and have it more abundantly, Lord. We, we speak life over our families. And we arrest the enemy. You may be here today and you've got, a, you've got something that just demonically attached in your thinking, in your, the way you live or whatever. I'm praying over it right now. Let's agree together that that stronghold would be pulled down and broken off of us. In the name of Jesus, Lord, in our minds, in our hearts, in our bodies even, bind the devil, Lord God, out of our mind, out of our, out of our psyche, out of our bodies, out of our, the way we think. And we just bind the devil. We pull down the strongholds. Deliver us from evil, Lord. Yours is the kingdom. It's your kingdom. You're in charge. You're not us. I'm not in charge, Lord. You're in charge. Yours is the kingdom and the power. The glory forever. Just listen to the voice of God. We've been praying. Go back to that Luke 3 passage and just say, thank you, Lord, that heaven's opened. Thank you, Lord, that power is given. Thank you, Lord, that your word is going forth. You're speaking to us. Listen to the voice of God. God's speaking some things to us. Listen. Hallelujah. See, prayer's not a one-way street. It's a two-way street. You talk and then listen. The power of the Holy Spirit's coming on somebody this morning. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. 
Let's lift up our hands and stand up. Lift up our hands and just say, for yours is the kingdom. Yours is the power and yours is the glory forever and ever. Amen.